Alongside Bernie, I'm Jeff, and this is Borderline. Thanks for tuning in for another week. We have got a lot to talk about. We'll have fun here for the first 10 or 15 minutes, but then great guests this week. So much to talk about. A lot of cornhole stuff, some new stuff this year. Can't wait to get Stacy back on to kind of review everything. But uh, first things first, how you doing? As you can see, I'm in my new, finally in I was- our... I was looking. Digs. I see that. That's nice. How you feeling? Yeah, no, no decorations. Very little furniture, but um, kind of like this blank progress. white wall or whatever <laughs> color this is. I hope to get like it. Like I love, I love Anthony Ione's background. It's, I mean, just like shelves of cornhole bags. Yeah, you know, he's got that whole floor of his house. I guess that's his, you know, his yeah. lab, quote unquote. He's got it all going down there for cornhole science. Yeah, yeah. Isn't that awesome? That it's takes a lot of work. Cool. Yeah, so I'm hoping to get I'm hoping to get uh, a little bit of stuff put up behind me, maybe uh, some hats, maybe a guitar. My drums are probably too big, but anyway, Gotta so good to be. In, at least it's good to be in the house. So I bet we're That's making awesome. progress. Yeah, Way to go. And we man. got window. We got windows today, so that was good. <laughs> nice. Yeah, it's tough with a house with no windows. By the way, yeah. what's the temperature like in Charleston? It's been hot, man. I mean, what oh, hot? I mean, it's been in the 80s. I mean, so it's been uncomfortable. Nightmare. Well, we've been having our windows put in. And I know. And of course, I know. Now we, now, now, we got, now we got like a tropical storm coming yeah, our way. I saw that. I mean, I know the people up north love it, but I like seasons. When it's fall, I like it to be fall. Yeah. I don't I want agree. to be wearing flip flops and t shirts in November. Yeah. This this is a tough part of year for me when it's when it's still in the eighties in November, and I'm watching college football on Saturday, and everyone's in their sweatshirts and jeans. And, it's brutal. Yeah. I can't, I really don't like it. It's funny. It, it kind of puts me in a bad mood because, right, there's something good about being, you know, going to a football game or watching a football game and you got a sweatshirt or a sweater yes. on and you're all into it. It's, you know, at night, it's chilly outside, you know, not when it's 73 at midnight. Yeah. You know, that's a summer day, basically. When right. we went to the Clemson game a couple of weeks ago, I mean, just, just going to the upstate of South Carolina um, was, was just a breath of fresh air. So, although, although I will tell you, for the first time that I can remember in a while, we've had we've had a week where it's been in the '80s. But prior to that, I mean, it was in the '60s and '70s. We actually had kind of a, yeah. a nice, pleasant September. And now, once this, once this, uh, whatever, whatever it's going to be, it's not going to be a hurricane, but whatever it is when it comes by, it's supposed to cool oh, things down. So, it's, yeah, it's hopefully that'll clear the air a little bit, take everything with it. Yeah. I saw that. That did that just kind of come out of nowhere? I guess I wasn't paying attention at all. I was like, either. it's November, right? Yeah. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, boom. So, yeah. um, you got any traveling this week? Are you, are you, no, are you I'm done. I'm done for the tour until, uh, oh, good. Yeah. Until we go to Myrtle Beach. So, I am, I am off the road until we go to Myrtle. So, let's jump right into it. So, Myrtle Beach is going to be huge. Again, for our non cornhole following people, we for sure will be in Myrtle, Myrtle Beach that entire New Year's, uh, basically. We're going to be there probably about four or five days. Yeah. High school national championships, college national championships. Um, there's going to be an open. I think is I think there's maybe going to be a shootout. Shootout number um, one. Yeah. Yeah. And then and then the big thing is for those of you who don't know, cornhole has taken a huge step this year, and they did a little bit last year. So for the first time ever last year, there was teams competition. Yep. But, you know, to be honest with you, I mean, you know, there, there were 16 teams. They all had names like the squirrels, the, you know, the, 
the the landmines, the whatever. I mean, it, I mean, it was it, it was it was cool because it was teams. It was a different format. Right. But unless you really liked cornhole, you know, unless you really, I mean, you really have to be into a team to to get into it. But now, right. you know, this has been Stacy Moore, the ACL's uh, the ACL commissioner's brainchild. So now yeah. they've taken it a step further, and now it's like the NBA. Now it's like the NFL. Now it's like baseball. It, it, this is becoming a regional thing. So now there are regional teams. I actually had the uh, spreadsheet up. So so now yeah. now there's a rooting interest. Like there's the Carolina Coasters, the Kentucky mm-hmm. Colonels, the uh, Georgia Sliders, Pennsylvania Ringers, Arizona Burn, California, Missouri, Texas, Florida, Ohio, Michigan, yep. Chicago, Virginia, New England, Colorado, and the Las Vegas High Rollers. I absolutely love that name. So now, <laughs> so now if you live in one of these regions, now there's a rooting interest. And right. by the way, by the way, the swag, I mean the the merchandise, the, the logos jerseys, look awesome. I, yeah, I don't the know. California you, know. logo, I'm all in on the California logo. I thought the Carolina Coasters one was really I, cool, and I, and, I like and the it. Las Vegas High Rollers, I love too. Yeah, so. that's a good one. Did Davis Streaker do all those? I believe he did all of yeah. those. So Davis, if that was you behind all that, great job, man. I mean, Way to that, go, Davis. Way to make yeah. it happen. It's seriously though, Bernie. I mean, the 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 you know the merchandise for these teams is pretty cool. No, I, I think it's awesome. Like one of the things I love about it is, like you're saying, you get a regional rooting interest. I'd heard some people say, well, you know, that all the players need to be from that region. Like, no. Like if you watch the Philadelphia Eagles play, how many people on that team are from the Philadelphia region? Yeah. Probably not many if any, right? But it still yeah. gives you that rooting interest of your region. So it's going to be – and they tried their best with the captaincy and the assistant captaincies yes. to to get local people. Couldn't do it with everybody in every region, but at least you have some people kind of guiding that local flavor. So it's going to be a lot of fun, I think. Yeah, I totally agree. And, and the rooting interest part about it, which you just said – is going to be huge. And people who live now by these regional teams will have a reason to watch or or to at least follow the teams. So I right. really, I, I really, really like that. And again, for the second year, yes, there will be a draft. And you sure. and Michelle and I are going to be hosting the draft again. Stacy Moore will be making the picks. Trey's yep. going to be there. Anthony's going to be there. I mean, all the all the cornhole. Trey, Trey and Wally there. will be co-producing. Anthony's going to be, be kind there. of the. And we're going to have a desk. What? No what? more red couch. What? What? Yeah, man. Wow, we're actually going to have like a anchor desk. I mean, I think so. Well, who knows what it'll look what like? But we're going to have a desk. Happening. Right. And the great thing was the great thing was too at the last second last year we came up with. Uh, obviously, it's because of our partnership with ESPN. We have the jingle. So just before the pick is made, you hear the yeah, that was the best. That was so funny last year. That is awesome. It's it's going to be so much fun, especially we're going to have so many more people there. Right, last year we had just us, and then the sixteen captains and a few of their friends and family, but not not really many, all that many people. We're going to have that whole crew. I mean, it's going to be a big ACL weekend, and so for all those people there in the draft, it's going to be. yeah. I'm guessing the electricity factor will be up about a million. Yes, right? I agree. I agree. All the captains will be there. All the players are going to be there. I mean, it's it's going to literally be a war room this time. We had a little bit of that last year up in yeah. Rockville, but this time, literally, it's going to be a a war room. And and I think I think uh, Stacy announced it on around the ACL, or maybe it was on the uh, reveal show the other night that um, you know when when a player is selected and comes up on stage, it's going to be like. 
you know, the other sports, you get a, you get a hat. So we'll see, we'll see if they can actually follow. Yeah. I want to see if they can pull that off. Yeah. It's like, that, that sounds crazy. Trey Trey was like, yeah, so we need to get with the merchandise people right away. (laughs) (laughs) If we can pull that off, that'll be insane. But I also like the way that they brought in local directors for those regions as team managers. So I I like them because I think it gives that those regions, once again, have a built in person from that region that can kind of help build underneath what the players and captains are doing. So it's going to be a lot of fun to be different. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. I mean, so, yeah. So they'll basically be like pseudo GMs. In essence, of, of, real, yeah. of, of sports teams. Yeah. There'll be trades. There's going to be playoffs. There's conferences. All the trades, man. Can you, I'm glad you brought that up. I'd forgotten about it. That's going yeah. to be insane. Yeah. It's going to be really good. I mean, it's going to be really, really fun to watch. So, again, even for those of you who aren't uber centric into cornhole, you're going to love this. I mean, it's really fun. And you'll be able to watch the team who's in your area. Um, they'll, they'll, I think there's going to be a minimum of eight broadcast national broadcasts on cbs uh, sports network and then there might sprinkle some, some on some other network so a lot of tv involved with this i mean it's just it's still sometimes i just i just i'm like what's what is going on it's cornhole I, and this I, is this is yeah. terrific it's so much fun i can't wait for the first trade where someone gets really upset yeah you know what i mean and they go to a team and then their whole goal for the rest of the season during teams is to just right. find a way to just crush the team that traded them. Right. Yep. It's just going to, it's going to be awesome. I cannot yep. wait for that. Hey, we only have a couple of minutes before our uh, guest comes on. We're doing a little late night podcasting, uh, to yeah. work around some work schedule this week. So, um, but r- real quick, meet Jeff and Bernie. And, and this really isn't about me, Jeff and Bernie. I, I just want to, I was listening to around the ACL, right. Mm-hmm. And uh, Michelle, and Anthony and Trey, awesome job with that show. Seriously, they're freaking killing it. If you haven't watched around the ACL and you even have a general interest in cornhole, you got to watch it. They it's had a great like, guest like, this week. It's like, it's like part of the interruption. <laughs> didn't they now? <laughs> yeah, they did. It's like, it's like part of the interruption for, uh, for cornhole. So, I mean, it's, uh, it's great stuff, but, but it was, yeah. So actually, you know what? It was the, it was the, ep- it was the episode with Wally. Anyway, it starts out. And and they and, and Michelle and Anthony are going all in on the dirty bag, right? Mm-hmm. The dirty bag game. And I hate I hate to bring this up again, but <laughs> but you know what? You I, love going, to bring it up. I'm going I'm going all in the other way. I'm not going to yeah. back down on this. I'm just not going to. And and I still while I still appreciate the Tony Smiths and the Eric Davises of the world, I'm telling you. From all these events that that I either speak at, or whether it's at work or at the at the cornhole celebrity thing that Frank was at, right. the first thing that people say to people like Frank and to people like me is, "I can't believe they just don't miss." Yeah. So I get it, but but let's 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 be a little bit mindful and a little bit careful of of where we're going with this game and 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 not forget about the audience. And I'm not saying that anyone needs to change their game just because the audience, because these people want to win. Right. But I'm saying, you know, th- th- there is there is a, a consumer out there who likes like me. They like to they like to see 25, 30, 36 bags in a row. Our guest who's coming on today at one <laughs> point had the broadcast court record, hit 31 straight. And, and it set the, the, the you know, the the uh, cornhole 
yeah. viewing world on fire. Everyone was talking about it because he didn't miss. And because you know, he also likes to play kind of a dirty game. So it's kind of funny that he had that record. Yeah. And I, I think there's room. I think there's room for both. But, you know, absolutely. I, I just I just it, it's a little bit of a cautionary tale because, you know, and, and you know this well. Look at football. You know, defense wins championships. Defense, defense, defense. Right. Well, that's no longer true. They changed the rules on quarterbacks. They changed the rules on wide receivers, on, on defenseless receivers, going across the middle. Because why? They wanted more offense. They wanted mm -hmm. more scoring. In baseball, look what happened. They allowed the shift. Scoring went down. And starting next year, what are they going to do? No more shift. Everyone's got to stay on the on the either left side of second base or on the right side of second base. Yeah. And you know this one well. Another great example, basketball. You know, basketball used to be a low-scoring game. But what did they do? They added the three-point line. Shot clock. They, they did hand check fouls. You know, I mean, they, they, they did everything and they still continue to get more offense into the game. So while I get it and I appreciate the defensive side of the game, let's let's just not be like, OK, cool. Let's all play dirty bag, because you know what happens is when you start playing that dirty bag game, everyone's missing. And I'm just saying when everyone's missing, it's not nearly as sexy as when someone hits 31 in a row. It's just not. I, I, I can I can go there with you. What I, what I would say is I think there needs for the, some of the dirtier players. Dirty is such a terrible word, by the way, for those that don't really know the game. It, it, it doesn't connotate what they're doing. They're just they're actually being more strategic with the way yeah. they play. And I think it needs to be explained more that way. They're actually using strategy instead of just trying to make every bag they throw. I think they need I think someone like Eric Davis, for example, I think he's I think he's the perfect example that someone like Eric Davis Needs to throw, you know, three, four, four baggers in a row and then hit somebody with a block. I mean, I think it does more to your opponent when you kind of set them up for it. But if you're doing it every time, well, they'll adjust to that. If they know it, we're, we're using other sports in this example. Football is a perfect example. Basketball is a perfect example. In football, if they know you're a running team, guess what they do? They put eight in the box and they make you that you can't they, – they take away the run and they force you to pass. I mean, every sport, players and coaches will find a way to take away what you do best. Now, yes. the guys that slide it in and, and use the air mail when they have to, if they play against someone like an Eric Davis, they know they're going to get an opportunity that Eric's going to be too strategic. He's going to have too many bags sitting on the board, and then they can score big numbers, not just two here, two there. You might be able to get a five or a seven. And at this level, you start getting fives and sevens, you're walking away with a win in that game. So mm -hmm. I think players that are a little that use that strategy a little more, and we'll talk to Cody about it when he comes on, they need to find a happy middle. Right. I, and, and, yep. and quite frankly, I think some of the players that slide it in all the time, I'll give you a perfect example. Someone like a Cheyenne Renner, I think the thing that's kind of kept her from getting to that next level of elite status is she doesn't play that game well. She can. When she's on, she can go through blocks. She can do that. But, you know, people know that you can't just let her slide it in every time. Right. Yes, and and, and some of those other players, yep. you know, some of those other players that play the slide game need to have more variety in their game to kind of go to that next level. Yep. So I think Jamie Graham's a perfect example. I know everyone kind of talks about him. You know, like he can play whatever game you want to play. You want to slide, you know, 24 in a row, he'll slide 24 in a row. You want to play the block game, he'll play that game. I mean, so I think there needs to be more of that in some of the players. And I think I think the game's kind of evolving in that direction eventually. I think we're going to get – everyone's going to be a five-tool player, like you and I talk about with mm -hmm. pitchers. I think eventually we're going to get to a point where you've got – everyone can throw a roll bag. Everyone – you know what I mean? Like the, yeah. I think the days of the Damon Dennis where it's just slide, airmail are kind of – they're not gone yet. 
And I don't know if it'll ever truly go away, but I think eventually everyone's going to have to have a little variety in their game. I totally, I totally agree. And I love your analogy about football because even, even though running the football is effective um, and passing can be very effective as well. You have to have both. The run sets up the pass. Absolutely. I mean, there has, there has to, we, we just can't get into, into just falling in love with this dirty game. And I'm telling you, it's it's just, and and now now here's where my hypocrisy is going to come out because I'm a baseball purist. I love one to nothing games that that are you know almost three hours long. I can watch it the whole time. But you know what? Not, e- not even two hours long. A one to nothing games in two and a half hours, you're out of there. I I, I know I like what you're it. saying. I like the strategy. I, I like the strategy. I, if it takes two hours and forty five minutes for a one nothing two one game, I like that. Yeah. Right. But you know who doesn't like that? The, the public ratings yeah. suck on those yep. games. People don't want to watch it. They're freaking sure. bored. No one the, watches that. If to if, your point, if we, to your if point, we, the NHL, this game, yeah. If, if this N- game all of a sudden is is you know seven five over and over and over, and they're missing, people are going to say, "Well, I can do that." Right. I mean, even the NHL went to that. Remember, you know, NHL yeah. games used to be two one, and they were like, "We got to get more scoring. We've got to yeah. get more eyes on." And people are bored to death with two one one zero games, just like in baseball. So, I mean, you need all of it, right? Right. That's the problem. I think sometimes sports get kind of locked in. Like with the passing game in the NFL, sooner or later there's going to be a defensive coordinator that comes along and says, all right, I'm taking all this out. I know how to defend this. And if you can't run the ball, we're going to beat you. Yep. Sooner or later. Yep. People, you know. people will always adjust. Athletes will always adjust. Absolutely. All right. Speaking of being bored to death, <laughs> our guest <laughs> right. is definitely bored to death. <laughs> so let's get right to him. So our guest today is the is the former number one player in the world. Um and the 2018 ACL Player of the Year. He has won a pro shootout qualifier in each of the last two seasons. In 2021 at the Las Vegas National, he set an at-the-time broadcast court record that we were just talking about (laughs) by hitting 31 straight bags in the hole, and I didn't hear the end of it. Everyone loved it. In 2022, made a great run, uh, lost in the semifinals of the Pro Doubles World Championship, and despite the fact that he admittedly says that he hates losing more than he likes winning, He's going to be back again for another season. Please welcome to Borderline, Cody Henderson. Oh boy. Thanks for having me, guys. <laughs> oh, man, Cody, thanks so much for coming on. I can't believe that uh, that we haven't been able to hook up before, and I'm, I'm sorry for that. We, Bernie and I, each week, we're like, you know, who do you want to have on? And and this week, I'm like, holy shit. I'm like, we've got we to have Cody, Cody on. Yeah. Like, it's one of, one of my favorite well, players yeah, to watch. Out of players. Like, we're 51 episodes in. <laughs> so, like, I mean, yeah, we got to get Cody. Uh, He's not going to do Hey, we still got 200 left. What are you talking about? 255. <laughs> right, right, true. Yeah. Or no, 200, 201. There's 201 behind and, you. And, so. new ones, and new ones coming every year. New so ones coming every year. Put, I could have stayed on the bench. Yeah. <laughs> hey, well, hey, thank you so much. Hey, I, I know your work schedule has been crazy. So thanks for squeezing us uh, in this week, especially last minute. Truly appreciate it, bud. And uh, and let me just say, too, I, I, I truly appreciate your friendship. And, and I've loved to get to know you over the last two years. So so thank you for, for everything that you've done uh, behind the scenes for me as well. But uh, it's been great to get to know you. So, all right. So where do you where do you stay? Let's get right into it. And then we'll move on. <laughs> where do you stand on all this? You heard you heard kind of my little tirade. Um, Bernie had some great points. Um, you know, Mish, Mish, and and Anthony Ione. I totally get where they're coming from. Where where do you kind of stand on this dirty bag versus versus slide them in the hole and hitting thirty one straight like you did? So so I think it just depends like uh, what it is that you want for the game or what it is you want out of the game. Like if you're a player, like you're you're probably going to have a different opinion. Even if for someone who's spectating or 
or analyzing the game. Like it's going to come down to what is it that you want? What do you want for cornhole? What do you, do you do want the ratings? Do you want to bring in fans? Do you want to see uh, something that's entertaining specifically for you? Like, what is it that you want? Uh, for me, I don't really care anymore. Uh, like I kind of was, was pitching my point uh, of, I thought players that played uh, a more strategic game were just all around better players and they, uh, should get the recognition that they should get because a lot of the players that can sit and stroke can't do a lot of the other stuff. There's a reason why they do. It's not mm-hmm. because they're we're, we're just so good at stroking. Like it's no, you just can't, like you don't push very well. You, you don't airmail uh, that consistently in high pressure moments. You, you don't have any of the new shots that a lot of the guys are that are pulling out. I mean, I don't either, but um, I, I think it just depends for, for me. Uh, I'm just kind of like watching. I like to watch the game evolve. Uh, when we were talking about, uh, this kind of coming out when uh, All Cornhole came out with the Game Changer. And that that's bag was like the moment when the average pro and a lot of up-and-comers with potential got very good compared to what we had seen in the past with how many bags were rolling in. So everyone was everyone was able to do it. it you went up against guys that you knew that all you have to do is get a block or two on them and eventually they're going to break down and they're going to give you five or they're going to give you six and you can just wait the game out. Well, then you had to start executing your blocks a lot better because everyone was making all their bags. Like they weren't giving you a free block because they blow one up the left or blow one up the right. So now you, now there's so much more pressure on you. And then it got to the point where strokers were better at stroking then blockers were better at blocking. So then you had players like even me defer to, well, I know I can outstroke him. If that's what I have to do, then that's what I'm going to do. Like, yeah, what well, might have to make 20 in a row to get two points. That's what I'm going to do then. Um, and now we've gotten to the point where we're a couple of years down the road where players are getting really good and they're getting really tired of playing these long drawn out games. Not just because, not just because like they, they feel like they can't do it. These games are long. We're playing all day long. You don't want to get in a battle where you're having to make 30 in a row 10 times in a day like it's cool to do it once and say you know grind out that game but you have to turn around and do it again against an even tougher opponent around later like that's right it's something that's not um it's not it's not attractive for anyone and that's uh, a great point i think that uh you, you just take everything into account and you're gonna have a lot you're having a lot of players that are spending a lot of time trying to get better at these things that a lot of players aren't comfortable doing right now and you're seeing a lot of guys have a lot of success like tony smith uh, doing what he's doing, and he's he's playing a little bit more of a dirty game. And Eric, like you mentioned, has has been been doing it for since since the beginning. Like he hasn't wanted to switch, which is you know admirable. But um, I think that this is just the evolution of the game. Is players are going to start to slowly get better at every aspect one at a time. See where the the average pro is weak, and get better at putting everybody in that situation and how you can specifically handle that situation. At one point, it was. Uh, relentless gauntlet of just making bags constantly. How many bags can you make in a row? Now it's slowly shifting to, okay, I'm going to put you in a position where I'm going to lay a block and you know, whoever's going to roll one over or somebody's going to instantly start shooting or somebody's going to be blocking behind that and trying to lock the hole up. Like it, it's, It'll be interesting to see how this um, sort of plays out, but I do think that you're going to see a lot of guys here this season that make very deep runs that are consistently – low nine point PPR averages, high eight point PPR averages uh, that are going to have a lot of success. Now, will they be the best players? Maybe probably not. Um, but will they always be in contention? I think there's, I think yeah. there's a good chance of that. Well, 
who do you, all right, so what, what style then would you prefer to play against with your game? Like, would you rather play someone that you know can make, say, 2024 in a row, but you also know they can't do some other aspects of the game, whether it's because of the bag they've chosen or what have you, but you can't, would you prefer to play against them and wait them out and then, you know, attack when you know that moment's there? Or would you rather play a quote unquote dirty bagger when you know, well, they're off, I can go get five here. Like which, which would you prefer to play against? Um, honestly, for me, it's far more annoying to play someone who just makes all their bags in the hole. I, I don't know why that is really, but it, it, it annoys me. It annoys me more because I feel like I'm having to do all the work at that point. Uh, I feel like a lot of the success that I had early in, in my competitive playing was it wasn't it. I mean, and, and situations were different bags were different. You had a lot of blocks and stuff like that, right. but I knew that uh, in, and we're talking just very specific situations I knew that I knew better what to do in those situations and when to give up on rounds and when not to give up on rounds, that that was going to give me the ultimate advantage. If I had 10 of those rounds, I was going to have like, they were going to end up doing something stupid one of those rounds and that gives me an advantage in the game. So um, even when someone wants to play this block game now, I feel more comfortable with that because I feel like um, statistically probably I'm going to be making the right choices more often than somebody else is going to be making the right choices. Um, and that's just from like a, a long history of playing uh, that style of game. If I'm having to be the one that's constantly executing and getting around blocks and uh, playing for, or not getting around blocks, but setting the blocks and dealing with my own stuff and making them uh, deal with it. Uh, it's just hard now because the game's so much faster than what I, what I'm accustomed to. Um, I think as, like the game evolves, my game's going to evolve as well. I'm going to be able to get more comfortable with playing uh, a more dirty game with as quick as things are relative to 10 years ago. And right. I won't feel that way. I don't think I'll feel that way for long. But as of, like right now with, with where we're at in the game, uh, the way I want to play, it's more annoying for me to have to set all the stuff and, and create. And um, for someone who's just like, Cody, I'm just going to beat you by stroking. Right. So, so this, go ahead, Jeff. Go ahead. It's a really interesting conversation because Cody, you and I had a great talk at the World Championships in Rock Hill, and one of the things you said, well, it was actually with you and Adam. You said that that at the beginning of the season, you and Adam felt a lot of pressure because of the evolution of the game and because of all these crazy new shots that everyone's throwing, and you felt like that maybe was forcing you guys to change. And I think at the World Championships, you told me, hey, we're just going to go back to the basics and do what we do best. And you guys made a great run all the way to the semifinals. We were just talking about it. So where do you stand now? I mean, are you excited about maybe changing your game a little bit? Or do you want to stay where you guys have been successful in the past? Well, I mean, I think if we're going to change, that, that's going to get us back to like where we were really, really successful. And uh, granted, when we were really successful and playing really well, and I'm talking like winning a bunch of rec tournaments is not like not even sanctioned tournaments. We were, we were always on a tear. We won a lot. Um, we played a much different style game than what we've played over the last few couple of years here with the ACL. We've kind of conformed a little bit. And part of that, um, you know, it, it did make us better as players because that was something that we hadn't done a lot of. Uh, I, I'm happy to, uh, 
to get back into like what I'm comfortable with, which is not, which is what, which isn't what we what we've been doing for the last year or so. I, I don't want I don't want to sit and stroke the hole with everybody. Uh, I, I would be a little more comfortable with that if um, I was as comfortable uh, with with a, like a sticky bag uh, as I was, you know, eight years ago, five years mm-hmm. ago, leaving. Uh, right now I'm not as comfortable and that's just because I haven't had the reps with them. Like I, I've kind of, I've kind of shifted. Like uh, I, I did, I wanted the advantage of uh, more forgiveness around the hole. So I had to kind of sacrifice a lot of that, uh, a lot of those uh, options that were incredibly sticky because you're going to get a lot of hangups. Uh, so it, I'm, I'm happy to kind of get back to that. It's just going to take a lot of work. Uh, I don't expect to see any immediate results um, right off the gate. But then again, you know, when I made had a really good season here a couple seasons ago, I didn't expect to have those results um, that I did there. Like I didn't expect to uh, make a final run at the gate. I didn't expect to make mm-hmm. a run and make 31 in a row in Vegas. Like I didn't expect any of that. Uh, so it's, it's hard to say. I'm, ha- I'm going to be happy to get back to that. I'm going to be happy to, block more, uh, deal with my own mess that I'm making and, you know, um, see how everyone else wants to play against it. I I think you brought up an interesting point a a few seconds ago, talking about waiting people out. And like, it is tough if you have to make 30 in a row to hang with someone that's just like, but there's only a select few people that can really do that. If we're being honest, Hmm. I mean, I mean, there's, there's only, I mean, a handful of folks that, you know, going in, well, He's got a chance to miss. He's gonna, he's gonna throw sixty some odd bags. He's gonna miss four, right? If I just let him oh, stroke yeah, all, all, all day, yeah. right? There, there's only a handful of those people. They're getting more and more, but like, don't you feel the game is eventually going to get to where everyone's going to need to have three or four shots? Yeah, that, absolutely. That, that that just you know the players that just slide in the hole every time. They're going to have to change their game eventually too. I don't think just, they're going to have to change their game. I think they're just going to have to get better at the stuff that they don't do a lot of. Uh, right, I think that right. if not, you're going to be going into matches with a disadvantage. I mean, it's, it, I mean, th- take, take any sport. Um, I mean, imagine if um, you were playing tennis and you were making a deep run and you were like about to make your way to the semifinal, but you didn't have a drop shot. And they, and right. then like your opponent knew you were never going to have to rush into the net because they were going to try to pull some drop shot, like in some 20 in some 20 shot rally. Like right. they, they just knew that. So, well, now you're at a disadvantage because if they have a drop shot, you gotta, you gotta be on your feet. You gotta be watching and careful because you may have to rush into the net and play in close. Um, it's, it's going to be no different. And you could take that with, you know, whatever sport you want to take it. Uh, right. Like NBA. Like if you're not a shooter, then you're the Lakers, you know? <laughs> <laughs> True. True. You know, an, another quote that you, uh, that you gave me, and I, I wish we would have had a camera, um on that conversation because something that you said that was so profound and i think i think i had time to bring it up in one of the broadcasts uh during that weekend in rock hill but uh so profound you said you said we've got to get out here and beat mark and philip today we've got to win because the game is never going to be easier than it is today yeah and i thought that was brilliant and so true yeah i mean you sit there and like you appreciate a lot of the work you do to get in those positions. And then you kind of realize like how hard it is, even in the moment of like making that run and knowing that you still have more work to do, even when you win, like even when you win something, you get a title or something, uh, you kind of think like, man, like that was incredibly hard, but 
it's it's never going to be easier than the as hard as it is right now it's never going to be any easier going forward you're always going to have deeper fields you're going to have new names that come in you're going to have people that come in that do brand new stuff you're going to have people that start executing stuff that you knew a year ago they could not do it and now they execute it flawlessly because they're dedicating the time to get better at their craft so it's you may only get one shot ever like you may you may never make it back again not due to anything that you're doing wrong just to everybody else getting better and doing things right so it's something that you need to really capitalize on when you get there all yeah. right. I, I got a question that. for you. I got a question for you. This is this is kind of going to take advantage of your old schoolness with the game. Do you think some of the top players today, and I'm not naming names, could they compete 10 years ago with the way the bags were back then? All of that. Oh, now we're that, now we're doing the back in my day thing, huh? No, no, no. I, I just I, it was a different bag. <laughs> it was a completely different game than it is today. I, th- I think. Uh, especially the younger guys would have a lot of success just because of how flat they actually throw the bag, because that was the one thing that like limited so many people back in the day, because you had to have a lot of whip and a lot of revolutions on the bag to cut through how sticky a lot of those conditions were. And like back in the day, when you played a suede bag and another side, even on pushes, almost everyone all the time that threw a good bag never would turn the bag over ever for any circumstance. It didn't matter if you were pushing through two bags or four bags, you would not turn it over to the twill. You would still throw with that sticky side down because in your mind, you didn't need to like, that was just the bag. Like it was just like, that's just the conditions that you play with. Um, I think the one thing that people uh, that have come up with the last five or six years, the one thing that they haven't got to experience uh, is the whole locking up, yeah, very, very, very early in rounds. That, that's what I was kind of getting to. Do with it yeah. Because yeah. you're going to have you would have a lot of people uh, that are very gung ho and want to go for it a lot. And they would not know, like, when you need to give up or when you even just need to wait to see how the round develops, to see if you get that opportunity, see if the hole loosens up, because you would never take those shots. You, sometimes you would know, like after three bags, the hole is locked up for good. It wasn't gonna. It wasn't gonna open up. You could hit an airmail, and it, they would just flower every single time. You'd see the yeah. petals of the bags flip <laughs> up like that, and it would just flower on you, and you weren't gonna get in even the perfect shots. So, I think that that like that's the one thing I miss because no one got to see that. Everyone's like, oh yeah, you know, it's open, go for it. Or hey, I've got one leaning in, I've got the advantage. Like I'm gonna go for it anyway. Right. Man, like me and Adam made a living off of just giving up in those situations and letting people be aggressive. And then sometimes they would loosen up for you and give us the opportunity to have, you know, an open shot. And like it's it that's one of the things that like uh, the game has uh, kind of stepped away from with strategy right now is because, you, you you know, you just don't encounter that. Bags are different. Bags are far more advanced uh, from what they were 10 years ago. Uh, I It would be cool to see it back. Um, I just think that it's going to have to take a really special player to have the balls to throw a bag like that. And on top of that, execute flawlessly down yeah. to the, the centimeter of where you want it on the board <laughs> right. and, and then execute <laughs> after you can get that. So like it, I, I don't see us ever, ever having that uh, <laughs> yeah. here again, but it, it was, it was a fun time. I think a lot of the young guys that throw a really thought bag would, would do really well 
Uh, and I think that they would also learn a lot uh, when it comes to just position play. All right, Cody, ready to switch gears? Sure. All right. <laughs> I, I've got to ask you this because um, for those who have not watched Cody play, you are a very emotional player. You like to talk a lot on stage. Maybe not as much as you used to, to be honest with you, but you do like to talk. Whether it's to yourself or to your opponent, you do talk. And you have gotten this reputation, whether you like it or not, as kind of the villain. You know, and, and we talk about this in other sports all the time. So you're such a nice guy. Like, like when you and I have our conversations, like we did in Rock Hill, you're brilliant. You're smart. you got a great job. You're such a nice guy. But on the court, you've got a little bit of a switch that flips. And, and you, you can kind of play that role. Do you truly enjoy being that villain? Or does that, does that bother you? Because deep down inside, you are such a good person. It, like, it bothers me. People think that. Uh, I think it's just like perspective. Uh, when you're spectating, you, you really don't like know what it feels like to be in that moment. You, you don't know like the relationship between the players. You, you, you know, you're, you're just there watching. So it's really easy for someone from outside to instantly get a bad taste in your mouth because – you see something you deem it as uh, negative or aggressive and it rubs you the wrong way. So like, that's, that's completely understandable. Um, for me though, like, I, I don't sit there and think like, Oh, I'm being a villain. I just sit there and think like, I want to win at all costs. Like I don't care about literally anything else. If I have to stab you, I will stab you. To win this game. <laughs> I want to win that bad. And do I want to win as bad as I did when I was 20? No, like that, that Cody, from 20 to 23, like people, I've said it a million times, but like people think that, you know, you can't handle me now. Like you couldn't handle me when I was 20 to 23 because <laughs> I wouldn't shut up. I would blow up Facebook. I would stir the pot over every little thing. And now, like, I mean, I don't want to say I've lost that fire. It's just like uh, my thinking's changed. I've grown up. Like, you know, I'm an adult. I'm 31. Uh, like it's, you know, pe people start to change. I still have a fire and I still want to win. And when I'm on the court, I mean, I think that uh, with how social the games become, you've made you make a lot of friends. Like when, when you go out to a lot of this stuff here, uh, that does play a little bit of a factor. Uh, it's a lot easier to be dead focused uh, on solely winning and your success instead of, uh, man, like I, I don't know. Like you, I don't want to say like you kind of get soft, but like you want to, you want to see the people that you like do well as well. Uh, so I, like, I think you are that. getting soft. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah, kind of <laughs> like, kind of like, you know, there are a lot of guys that like even aren't in my core group that I still want to see them do well. Um, yeah. I, when, when we're playing, it's a little bit different, but you're, you're not as, you're not as ruthless with, when you know everybody, if you just went into like, say you went into a different country and you went to an open and you didn't know any of those people, it'd be completely different. I wouldn't be friendly. I wouldn't even talk to anybody unless they came up to me. And especially if they didn't know me, it would probably be like the old Cody. It'd be the old Cody going in. He didn't care. He'd say hi, probably, maybe not even say hi. And then he'd play. And then after he wins, he, he'd say good game, but then he'd throw his hand up and say next. 
<laughs> I mean, I, that's what I'm looking for. I, 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 while I appreciate everything you just said, I, can we just get a little bit of that younger Cody back? I don't want to get in trouble, Bernie. You got the insides. Keep me from getting in trouble. Like I don't I, feel like even <laughs> the stuff that I've gotten in trouble for has even been that bad compared to like <laughs> other stuff that's said like on social media and stuff by other people and even in person. I don't feel like I do anything, but I'm always on the hot seat. Keep me from getting in trouble, and like I'll give you guys the content. Like, I, I, content? I, I I'm actually the other side of this, Cody. I kind of enjoy the talking. I mean, I played other sports growing up, and I think one issue is I don't think, at least for a while there, you had a lot of people in cornhole that had played other sports. I mean, if you've ever played any level, and I'm not talking church basketball, and I'm not talking pickup basketball, but I'm talking if you played any level of competitive basketball, the stuff you hear on the court is a billion times worse oh, yeah. than you've ever heard on a cornhole court. Yeah, and I just don't think people can handle that. And most of the time, especially – actually, you talk more in doubles than you talk yeah. in singles. Mm -hmm. And you and Adam are usually talking together. Now, you might be talking yeah. about your opponent, but you're talking yeah. to each other. And I've never had a problem with it. I actually I, – I miss it, I think, to be honest with Yeah, you. I mean, I think, like, that was one of the reasons why, like, I brought up to Stacy, the commissioner, that – uh they should implement uh, not timeouts, but time extensions like they have in pool and just just for doubles. Uh, I, I think time extension just for the discussion. That is also free content. That is time for Jeff and for Trey to hype up that moment and build the tension around whatever they're talking about, because there's a big shot. And not only that, that's also a clip you can cut out and market. It's like it's such free content to give more time to create those moments, like you're creating a moment out of a shot that may not even be a real moment, but now it is because, because there's that discussion around it. You could give a 30 second extension just to have that discussion around it. Now, do you have a lot of teams that talk as much as me and Adam? Probably none, but right. um, it's, it's not like we're sitting here trying to waste time. Like we want to make sure we make the best shot possible because we realize that one bag could change the whole landscape of like what we're going to be facing going forward easier or harder for us. Um, yeah, but you're, I, I, you guys are also a little more savvy with that type of thing. I mean, a lot of the kids, when they're talking, it's they're talking about this specific shot for five seconds and they're gone. Right. You yeah. and Adam are a little bit more savvy in how you approach that. So that's that's probably one reason why Stacy hasn't done that yet, because essentially it would just be you two doing it. Yeah, I mean, that's, <laughs> that, that's fair. Uh, I do think that that will be something you see more of, and I think that's going to come with more of, like, the players that want to play the blocking. Um, yeah. Right. I, I think that uh, Eric Davis has been a little more vocal uh, around his situations. And the thing totally is, it's not, like he doesn't, it's not like he doesn't know what he wants to do. He just wants to know if there's something he's missing. That's right. all it is. is. Is there something that we're not seeing here? It, is it bad to open up the hole here with him having – with my opponent having one bag left, do I want to do that? Do I want to just wait and see what they do? Cause I've got another bag left or like, you know, there's just other things you're not considering. It's not always, how do I get this bag in the hole? Right. It's what's yeah. going to net me the most amount of points. Like it, it, can I bait this guy into giving me one more point by throwing off the back? If I lay up, you know, it's, there's just more that goes to it. And I think a lot of players will start to start to really consider a lot of that. So interesting you said that about timeouts because that's something that we've been kind of talking about with, with other players throughout this this little bit of an offseason is, you know, what changes would you like to see? And that's kind of something that Bernie and I have tossed around is additional timeouts and not 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 full timeouts, but like 30 second timeouts that you would take in, in basketball. You know, like you're saying, just a little time extension. And I think 
don't know if they're ready to release this yet. I'm not sure if it's official, but I'd talk to Trey behind the scenes a little bit about maybe there will be a timeout, you know, this year. So, you know, maybe, maybe that is something that they're talking about because I'm with you, Cody. I mean, I really... I really like that idea. Hey, we've got about five minutes left, so I got I got I got to take another turn. <laughs> it, goes, it goes fast. Yeah, we got to talk about teams. Um, I and we, we kind of touched on this in the open before you logged on. I love it. I, you know, I really liked it last year. I love the finish, but I really love what Stacy and Trey and Bernie and, and everyone at the league has done, making it making it more regional so that people have a rooting interest. Um, you are going to be one of the. Can we call you a franchise player because you're not going to be allowed to be uh, traded? So you'd be one of the three franchise players on the <laughs> Las Vegas High Rollers, which, yeah. which of course you which are. Is my, all which, the is my, teams, which is my region, right? Yeah, which, yeah, but but that's <laughs> but but you had to be you had to be on the Las Vegas team. You just had I to wanted, like don't get me wrong, like if if they was gonna they're gonna put me in a region that wasn't like Southern Ohio, I want to be I want to be represent Las Vegas. I hope we go back yeah. there for I hope we go back there for national. That would be well, where and, I want to be. And again, for the sake of time, for those of you again, you know, who are out there watching, don't know a whole lot about it. So there are basically three franchise players for each one of these sixteen teams that that are not allowed to be uh, traded, cut, whatever, throughout the season. So Cody is one of those three for Las Vegas. They tried to they tried to even up those three franchises on each one of the teams as much as possible. Really difficult to do. But here's here's my question. So so. I love the bracket reveal or the uh, the team's reveal show that that Trey had, um, but but really what this show is about, Cody, is about you guys. So, do you like this? Do the players like this? Is this going to be an improvement? Are people excited about this? Like, what what are the thoughts and what's the buzz now behind the scene about this? So, I haven't talked to any players about it, and like the news just dropped like last night. Uh, yeah. I slept most of the most of the day because I was going to say, well, you got a real job. So of course you're anybody. I'm going to work out. And I'm, <laughs> I'm going to be working late the next two days. So I'm trying to switch my hours around. But um, I think that the league took in a lot of consideration that the players um, that the players kind of like dropped hints about, and yep. me that was a little more blunt about things that I hated about it. Uh, I didn't want to do any work. Like that made me so mad that. <laughs> Uh, I had to donate two days to, to do the draft. And then on top of that, had to set the lineups every single time and like figure, I don't want to figure any of that out. Just, I just want to play. And then the right. league does that. Like now we just have to play. Like we have managers for that. So I think the God, league you would that suck at fantasy football. Yeah. Uh, I mean, man, like. <laughs> You'd be so pissed off to have to set your fantasy football league. You'd be terrible at it. <laughs> I, I think that, uh, I think the, uh, another thing the players like um, didn't, didn't like was uh, that, for the majority up until uh, Chicago, it felt like we were putting in a lot of effort uh, for something that was going to happen. You know, just one time we're all playing for money at the very end. Um, right. I don't know like what's all in consideration for that. Cause like, all I know is like the teams were dropped. I got to see how it was working. I got to see how the managers were working all that. Um, I think that uh, like, that was a big topic was like, can there be something that makes it a little more worthwhile if we're just playing for seeding throughout the year? Like, I mean, if anything, make cuts, like ha- have it be a playoff, like take half the teams, like give us a reason to fight uh, during these ones and not just be like, okay, we got to spend half another day at one of these nationals when our legs turns are out, there. turns out not every team will make the playoffs. This year. That's, that's good. That's, half, that's, that's only good. half, only eight yeah. to the 16 will make yeah. it. I, I think th- then I think that's, I think that's good because that's going to give players motivation to really fight throughout the season, which was something that a lot of players felt like they didn't have other than for pride. And I think that once everyone got in, they did have the pride and they wanted to win their games. 
but um, that, that's that's a huge that's a huge uh, improvement. I think that a lot of improvements were uh, made. I think it was a good pilot season. I think there was a lot of success around it last year. I think players mm-hmm. had far more fun than they they thought they would have. Yeah. Um, hopefully, it's even better this year. Cody, unfortunately, we got to run, man. It goes it goes so fast. <laughs> this it's like a fifty minute or an hour long show, and I cannot believe how fast it goes. But yeah. hey, again, thank you so much for your time. I know, like many players, you've got a job that uh, that takes you away a lot. That you've got to work many hours. So appreciate you squeezing in, and uh, can't wait to see you in Myrtle Beach, bud. Thank you. Yeah, appreciate you having me. Take care. Right. That is Cody Henderson. Uh, great. And again, you know, I say this all the time. We got to have him back. So many other topics we can dive yep. into. I mean, seriously. And, you know, another thing I want to dive into also, maybe we can do it next week, is the whole the whole stupid bag gate thing. I've got real thoughts on that. I don't know about you. I've had to field text messages, phone calls. I even had to in front of our, our sales team at work. Everyone was asking about it. So I've got some real thoughts about it. I that. have a lot of thoughts on that. Yeah. Maybe next week. Maybe we can. Uh, we can, we can spend some time discussing that. I've. There's some things about that that make me really angry. Yeah. Yeah, me too. But 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 hey, all press is good press, right? Yeah. All right. So again, teams, we got we got 15 seconds left. You got to be fired up about teams. I'm fired up about the draft. I'm ready to go, man. I can't, I can't I can't wait to do the draft. The draft's gonna be fun. Michelle will be there to kind of keep us in line this time. Red pants? You doing red pants again? Dude, I split the red pants, remember? Yeah, but you gotta I, wear I, red I, pants again. Yeah, I guess I can buy some more red pants. Yeah, we'll see what happens. All right, bud. Have a good week. I'll talk to you later. All right, buddy. All right. Thanks for watching, everybody. Bye.